Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are located in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and our mission is for you to know God and make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how you can partner with us, please go to fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. We're going to be playing for you uh, the testimony of Ken May, who was miraculously healed of cancer. The day after the doctor sent him home, took him off chemo, and said there was no hope. Hallelujah. But aren't you glad there's hope in Jesus? Yes. I often think of John Gordon's sermon about how Jesus showed up the fourth day, the day it was forbidden, the day it was seemed as if there's no hope. There's always hope in Jesus. We've had reported to us another person healed of cancer this past week, Glita, shared that her back that had had pain for three years every day from five to ten. She has no pain. She had a lump Thank on the back of her spine. It was oh, really out of joint. It's been completely healed by the power of God. Thank you. All right? Now, we take no credit for these things, but we're being fair to God by giving glory to his name. You know, there were nine lepers healed. One came back. Jesus said, where are the other nine? We don't want to be part of the nine leper club, right? So we talk about what Jesus has done. F folks, Jesus is changing in this house, filling with his spirit, and he's healing bodies miraculously. And every healing we've had, the healing has never been lost. It's been forever. And so we're in a new season. God is just doing who he is. He is the Lord that heals us. I just have some words to speak to us before we come to the table of the Lord. And uh, I want to remind you of what I spoke about last week because usually people don't remember sermons. And anyway, I'm persuaded better things of you. Who remembers what I spoke about last week? Oh boy. All right, don't all speak at once. If you remember, I spoke that the purpose of God was to restore us after Adam and Eve had fallen in the garden and Adam sinned and death passed upon all for all had sinned so we all become sinners because of our first father Adam and I mentioned that God wants to restore us to full fellowship with God and Christ likeness and we talked about coming back into the image of God that's the highest place in the Christian life not ministry not ordination not church affiliation not getting saved not getting water baptized and all of those are good and appropriate the highest call of God is to be like Jesus amen, amen. till we all be conformed to the image of his son we've been made in his image and sin interrupted it and salvation is being made whole God wants us to make us more like Jesus. In fact, someone it was so sweet that didn't always, wasn't always sweet. So I asked them, I don't want to tell their name, but I said, why are you so sweet? They said, it's Jesus, <laughs> which I think is good. It's good. So he changes us, doesn't he? From glory to glory. Don't be satisfied with just sins forgiven. How about power to live a godly life? How about power to know him? How about power to help others? How about faith to touch the hem of his garment, get answers? to prayer. God wants to do a great work in us. And so we thank God. All right. So we have fellowship with God by two means. We have fellowship. God, I'm going to speak about this today. Really the topic of this is God has restored to mankind his fullness by his word and by his spirit. These two means. All right. Let me repeat that. God has restored to mankind his fullness 
through his word and by his spirit. I would like our logo to be up here. You see that logo? I want to tell you a story. Some of you know it. It's the little thing here. John Gordon came to me about five or so years ago. Some of you have heard this. Forgive me, but it's very important. This really is who we are, what we emphasize here. Some of you might be newer to your place, this place, and you're kind of wondering what we're all about. I'm going to tell you what we're all about. So anyway, John Gordon came to me and said, you must have a logo. I said, why do we need a logo? We have a name for our church. I also didn't know why we needed websites, you know. We've had 15 people come because of websites. And so there's a lot of things this old pastor is learning, right? And I'm okay with anything that God uses and glorifies God, but I'm not okay with compromise. And I see the church is beginning to compromise. We have seeker-friendly church. We're not a seeker-friendly church. We believe the truth sets you free. I'm not going to coddle you to get here. I'm going to have faith God touches you. Then you'll want to be here, all right? So that's how we do. All right, so let me say this to you. So I prayed about this logo. Jogo needed a logo. And so I prayed about the logo. And I had an experience where I saw an open Bible, which represents the word. And I saw this flame, which represents the spirit. I mentioned we have fellowship with God by his word and by his spirit and no other way. All right? So I was going to Lake Anna with my son. We were doing something out there. And on the way home, I said, John Gordon, do you have any light about the logo? And he says, well, Dad, I had an experience where I saw an open Bible and open over the Bible a flame. The same thing that I saw. And I said to my son, is Saul among the prophets? All right, so I guess he is. So the fact of the matter is, I've made him raise his right hands, you know, and say forever and ever, this is our logo, because that typifies how we have fellowship with God. Our name is Fredericksburg Full Gospel Fellowship, but it's not just fellowship with one another, which we appreciate and enjoy and know we need. It's primarily fellowship with Jesus, friendship divine, Oh, what sweet communion. Jesus is a friend of mine. I like to see everyone come into the fullness of his blessing. Not just come here out of obligation, but come here because he's doing something in your life. He's flowing in your heart. The things of God are being made real to you. And you're excited about Jesus Christ. And you go out from this place and you tell others that Jesus is so good. And you might talk to someone and they might never come in here. That's okay. Tell them about Jesus. In fact, don't brag too much about us because we might fail you. Our church might fail you. But this I promise you today. Jesus Christ will never fail you. He is the one we seek. He's the one we preach. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Great things he hath done. We are sinners saved by grace. And so that's who we are. We believe that God's purpose is to bring us into fellowship with God and Christ-likeness. And that's why, folks, we need so much this wonderful word of God. Thank God. Are you thankful for the word? Oh, boy. Folks, get into the word. How can I have fellowship with God? Get into his word. How can I have fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Pray. Seek him. Seek the Lord while he may be found. There's dark days coming, but God wants to raise up his people to the position he intended. And so seek God. Seek him. 
You know, I'm so glad I got into a work when I got saved. And I was, uh, as you know, I was raised Catholic. I know there's many Christians that are, are Catholics being saved. I'm thankful for that. I had a church that I never knew about atonement. I never knew about salvation. Thank God I got saved. After I got saved, I got into a good, spirit-filled place that taught me to pray. I didn't find God because of sermons. I didn't find God because of church. I found God in fullness by seeking God, pressing in. God stands at the door of our hearts and he knocks. And he says, if any man open the door, you've got to open it. The pastor can't open it for you. Church is not going to open it. Jesus will allow you to open it. When you open it, he comes in. You know, I have some things I repeat again and again. You can do that when you're 42, you know. One of the things I say all the time is seeking God equals finding God. I also say consistency is everything in the Christian life. You can't seek him just when you have trouble. You got to seek him when you're in joy. He'll add that joy. He'll prepare you for that trouble. He is not just a troubleshooter. He wants to dwell with you every day. He wants to be your Lord. He wants to manifest his presence in your home, in the workplace. But it doesn't happen through people who just know doctrine. It happens when people carry him. You got to carry him. You got to let him set his word and his spirit into your heart. Hallelujah. Okay, I got to cut to the chase because we have a communion service to have and I can't wait to get there, right? Are you excited about communion? I am too. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 20 and I want to prove something wonderful to you in John chapter 20 Jesus has just been raised from the dead did you get that this is the same day he was raised from the dead that's significant When Jesus was raised from the dead, he broke the power of our sin. We were raised with him. He was glorified by the cross, right? And Jesus said, I can't send the Holy Spirit because I've not yet been glorified. It says in John chapter 7. But it says when he is glorified, he will send that spirit and out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Folks, I want to tell you the place for the dwelling of God is not this church. God's here because you're here and God's in you. The place of his dwelling is you. You are the temple of the living God. You are carrying a carrier of Jesus. But look what it says here. I want to read it to you. Verse 19. This is John 20, 19. I want you to follow with me if you have a Bible. Oh, I love when people have a Bible. Get a big man's Bible with center references, all right? Get an old King James. Ah, you can get a new one if you want. All right, okay. Verse 19. It says, the same day, the day of the resurrection, at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, peace be unto you. Let's read verse 20, all right? And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. 
Now look what Jesus says in verse 21. He says, then said Jesus to them, peace be unto you. Boy, they were rattled. They were fearful. How many are thankful God gives peace? He gave these disciples hope right away. First time he shows up, he gives them peace and hope. Peace be unto you. But they had a job. As the Father hath sent me, even so I'm sending you. They had a big job. Look what happens then there. Verse 22. I want you to read it with me. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive you the Holy Spirit. Oh, my version says ghost. All right. Okay. Placement is important. Jesus has been raised from the dead that morning. The work is finished. Atonement's completed. He loved the 12. He even said, go tell Peter I'm coming. He'll meet me. He came into the room. The door's being shut. Jesus is in his new body. He probably at this point had already ascended into heaven. He could go wherever he wanted now. He was in a new realm. But the victory was won. Are you with me? The first thing he does is says, receive you the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit wasn't important, Jesus wouldn't have done that. If he didn't say, go out, build a church right away. I want it this size. I want this doctrine. He didn't say that. He had told them doctrine, what they needed to live in fellowship and be changed and carry the anointing of God was the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus came. His name is Anointed One. He came to be anointed and to anoint. Until you have the anointing, you are not living in your privilege. You better turn me down. I'm getting excited. Ah, you've got to have him and it starts when you're born again absolutely I believe in it I thank God when I got saved I knew Jesus was real but when I got filled with his Holy Spirit and I don't teach you how to get filled and I'm not going to help you speak in tongues I'm just going to lead you to the fountain when he fills you you'll know it hallelujah am I right for this moment you agree with my bottom. I have another pastor here checking me out. You got to know what you say when well, you've been in, pastor's been in ministry for 40 years. Dean's been in that long too. Anyway, but it's the truth anyhow. Now I'm not preaching the baptism. I'm preaching Christ-likeness and fellowship. But the thing that gets us there is fellowship with God by his word, by his spirit. Oh, how God would like to breathe on us, folks. Hallelujah. God wants to breathe on America. God wants to breathe on the church. Well, the second thing is just as important. I want you to turn to Luke 24. And in Luke 24, we have a parallel passage. What do I mean by that? This is the same instance, but Luke gives a different rendition, all right? I want to cut to the chase a little bit. But in earlier in the chapter, it says that Jesus appeared to them on the road of Emmaus. He was raised again from the dead. They went and they told the Jerusalem, to Jerusalem and told the other uh, disciples that Jesus is risen. And look at verse 36. And it says, And when they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Same story. Same story as John told. Different rendition. And he shows them his hands and his feet. He even eats with them. It says there in verse 43, And he took 
of the honeycomb and the fish, and he did eat before them. Verse 44, and he said unto them, These words have I spoken unto you while I was wet yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Aren't you thankful the whole word talks about Jesus? Jesus is in the Old Testament. Jesus is in the book of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, all of it. But then look what he does in verse 45. Then opened he their understanding they might understand the scriptures. Really what we could say, he opened their understanding to receive the word. Are you getting me now? I told you there's two ways we have fellowship with God, by the Spirit and by the Word. The resurrected Christ, first thing he does is breathe on them, give them the Spirit, and then he opens their understanding to receive the Word of God because those are the things that are going to get us back into that restored relationship, and there's no other way. It doesn't come by church socials, although we had a good one yesterday. Nothing wrong with that. But that football game did not change my soul. In fact, I'll tell you what that football game did. We were praying over in the parsonage. We usually have strength on Saturday night to come here. So we prayed in the parsonage. I pray a prayer, then I say to Dean, did I make any sense because I'm dozing off? I'm so exasperated and my back hurts because of that football game. So I enjoyed the football game, but the football game tired me out and didn't do anything for my spirit except it was really great to be with the guys. So fellowship is good, but the thing that changes me is fellowship in the spirit. Hallelujah. When you touch God, do you know that the presence of God is contagious? Do you know why Jesus said get together with two or three because I'm going to be there and there's brothers and sisters that have a faith and when I'm down they're up and they touch God and I feel their anointing. That happened the other morning in prayer. I'm telling you the truth. I came a little dry and my brother-in-law, Pastor Dean, he mentioned, the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Well, I must be a son of God because the Holy Ghost just cracked me. And all of a sudden, I just felt his presence. Folks, it's a wonderful thing to be together in the body of Christ. We're together, not for fun alone, but we're together to touch Jesus. His word is ministered to us. His spirit is poured out upon us. And we're strengthened by our, his spirit in the inner man. Oh, how important it is to be built up on our most holy faith. And so we need to learn to draw nigh unto God. Let him draw nigh unto us. These are so very, very important in our successful Christian life. Unless you want to be a spiritual baby. Oh. Unless you always want to count on others for your help. You want to know about him, but you don't want to know him. You want to walk as a Christian but not know Christ. Nobody wants to be that. You wouldn't be here if that's what you wanted. That's right. There's a lot of other churches you could go, but this is not one of them. You're here because you want his fullness. Amen. Hallelujah. You're here because you're hungry for him. You're here because you touched him somewhere, Kip. And he changed you. 
Hallelujah. You're here because his word is life to you. You're here because you're hungering for something of God. And God wants me to tell you, he's standing. Oh boy, we took the picture down. We're painting. We have that picture of Jesus knocking at the door. And the interesting thing about it is there's no knob on Jesus' side. The only way is for you to open the door. We have to be hungry. Jesus said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst. They shall be filled. It's not the dry, hardened church that thinks they have it. It's those who really want him. It's those that draw nigh to him. Oh, come, let's pray. Lord, make me draw nigh. Make me hungry for living water. Make me thirsty. Let it be said of us as you said of the disciples, blessed are your ears, for they hear. Blessed are your eyes, for they see. Oh, Jesus, help us not get mired, Father, in religion or churchianity. Make us to know Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Praise your name, Jesus. Amen. And so I'm talking about drawing nigh to God, getting in fellowship with God. I have a verse for you that will really give you an answer. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed. We're changed into the same image, the image of Christ. From glory to glory. See, this thing never stops, folks. You never on this earth get to the place where you have it. You're always growing into more. You're changed from glory to glory as by the spirit of the Lord. That talks about feeding on his word. Certainly can be included in prayer. When we get into his presence, we reflect him as in a mirror. And his reflection changes me into the image of who he is. And I begin to know him and have greater fellowship with him. God wants us to get into the word. Let's say it together. Lord, get me into the word and get me into prayer so I can receive your spirit. Lord, don't let me be lazy and let all my pursuits in this life be to have a bank account and a big inheritance for my children and leave my soul empty. Help me to get so filled that when I see you, Lord, I'm shining in your image. Something's been happening to me. I'm a new creature and I'm alive unto God. And the best inheritance you can leave your children is a godly example of a mom and a dad that sought God. I didn't think of this story, but I have a true story. It's not a story, it's a testimony of a young girl who was a teenager. And she was rebellious and she wouldn't go to church. But she liked some of the old hymns. What happened was her father got up in the morning and he was so burdened for that daughter. He went to his little prayer closet. He knelt at his chair and he just wept tears. Folks, if you want to see your children changed, pray for them. Love them into the kingdom. This father just wept over this chair. Well, the daughter went to come see, and he had already gone to church. She saw those tears. She went to the piano. She opened the hymn book and started singing. And the Lord spoke to her and said, you get to the church today. It's your last chance. 
She gets dressed. She goes into the church. It's a spirit-filled church. She sits in the front. The pastor gets up and he, he says, I don't know who this is, but the Lord tells me there's someone who's come to church, needs to get saved, and this is your last chance. I like church. It's church, you know. He tells the whole congregation, go to your knees and pray. Of course, she wasn't saved, so she sat up. And the pastor ultimately went to her and said, daughter, isn't it time? That woman became a spirit-filled minister's wife and changed the world. Through that woman and her husband, they started 10 churches in Milwaukee and trained 50 ministers for the work of the Lord. Oh, what a difference it can make when we as parents cry unto God, really go after him for his victory in lives. Well, I'm going to just close here in a moment or two. But you might say, well, pastor, is this sermon at all connected with communion? Yes. It's very connected with communion. When we think of communion, what do we first think about? His death, correct? Calvary. We think of the Last Supper, right? And that's all very good. But there's a deeper and more significant meaning to communion, and I'm going to share it with you. The Bible says the life is in the blood. Huh? Hebrews says that he offered himself through the eternal, capital E, spirit. God was in the blood of Jesus. The Holy Spirit, God's life, was in the blood of Jesus. That blood represents his life of the Holy Spirit. That bread, Jesus said, the word became flesh, and I have given you my flesh to eat. That bread represents his word. I went to communion for years. I never knew this. I just thought, well, he died on the cross, he shed his blood, he broke his body. Yes, he did. But his body is the flesh. It is the bread that has come down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I thought the cup was just his blood. He, show, he shed it. No, he didn't just shed his blood. He gave me and you that life of the spirit that's in that blood. Hallelujah. I think you're starting to get it. I think you got it. Hallelujah. So when I come to the table of the Lord, I celebrate our logo. Hallelujah. I'm coming to my Jesus who paid a price that I might have something. His body was broken and his broken body is a type of the bread that I can eat and live by. And that shed blood has life of the Holy Spirit in it. Come on, get a little happy. Help me to get a little happy. It has the Holy Spirit in it. And its spirit comes in me. And I live by his word. And I live by his spirit. All of us do who've been born again into Christ. Oh, this is a love feast. We come back home.
and we celebrate. Because he's alive. <laughs> he's not in the grave. I don't come here and cry, oh, Jesus died for me. I come here and say, thank you, Lord. Death could not hold you. You're seated at the right hand, and you poured out this that we now see and hear, and you're living in me, and you're the eternal word ever settled in heaven, and I can live by your faith. I can live a victorious life. I can jump. I can shout. I can praise him. Hallelujah. Thank God. Does everyone have it? Are you ready to celebrate? Are you ready to come to the table of the Lord? Maybe with a little perspective that you didn't have before and realize this is my life. This is how I live. And this is what we celebrate. You don't have to be from any nationality, any persuasion, any past, any denomination. This is how we have fellowship with Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, I thank you today that we have the privilege of sharing in your life. We have the privilege, oh God, of partaking and being called to your table. And today, Lord, we celebrate. We celebrate, Father, this wonderful, wonderful union and fellowship we have with God through these emblems of your word and of your Holy Spirit.